Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. The Marvelous Galaxy. The uh, Disney, yeah. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Marvelous Galaxy of Disney. I'm Sean and I'm here with a magical talking frog. Ribbit, ribbit. Translated to, hi, my name is Alan. Alan's had a little bit of a sore throat. But I did test negative for COVID, so it's not COVID. <laughs> and we are here filming on location in Las Vegas. Ooh. Ooh. So I guess we can't talk about it because what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So yesterday we <laughs> went to a brunch and... We were supposed to see Alexis Mateo and Coco Montrese, <laughs> and Alan made the funniest joke right before it started. What if Alexis isn't here and she's played by someone you don't like? And then we get this <laughs> announcement. Alexis is not here, and she will be played by the role of Elliot with two T's from season 13. But good thing she came out because you have a newfound appreciation for her. Yeah, Elliot was a lot of fun. Yeah. Coco was Coco, so she was kind of just present. <laughs> <laughs> but very good time there. We went out to a nice dinner last night, and we went somewhere else, which we told you last week, but we'll talk about today how we liked it. Yeah. Later. I'm excited for that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So to start us off. There's a new book out on the shelves. Ooh, you know how I like to read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the novelization of the movie Cruella, which comes to theaters in just two months-ish. Yep. So what are your thoughts on that? Would you want to read it before or after the movie, if you like to read? <laughs> I mean, I usually like to read books before the movie comes out, um, just so you can kind of see the comparison between the movie and the book. Um, but I usually like to get a heads up, like at least a year ahead, so I can read that book. Yeah. Yeah, still working on uh, Witch's Brew on Amazon now by Sean Perrette. And, and Harry Potter. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, with the novelization, I don't know. I don't know. I think with this one, I want to see the movie first, only because this is the book written after the movie. So I think I'd rather just see the movie. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But usually if it's a book to movie, I like to read the book first. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> and we got some news about Pedro Pascal at the BAFTA Awards. Yeah. So this, I guess you can say that Pedro Pascal broke the internet um, <laughs> the night after the... Uh, that was Ralph's shot. <laughs> Afterwards. Because um, there have been pictures of him released out... Um, from the, like, I guess the press area where, you know, they all take pictures. I guess it's kind of like the red carpet area. And everyone was just showing their appreciation of Pedro, just like how, like, good, like how well he looked. Um, he was basically wearing this, like, long trench coat type tuxedo. Um, and he was wearing his mask, too, in certain points. And they're even talking about how his beard was so cute. Like, even though it had, like, bald spots in it, they still, you know, loved him and appreciated him. So, um, yeah, check that out on Twitter. There's a lot of tweets about it. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, uh, of course, with uh, Disneyland reopening, everybody's excited to know that the Haunted Mansion is getting improvements. 
The one that I'm most excited about is we're getting the, uh, I guess it's termed the April-December poster back. Oh. Or not poster, but picture. But are you familiar with this? I am not. This is the one where she's like this sexy cat-like lady, and she's April. And then she turns into an old haggard woman, which is the December, as you oh. like move through. It's a holographic picture. Here, look at my phone. Oh, I see it. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things we're getting back. We're getting a freshly landscaped, um, dearly departed pets area. So that's going to have new plants and everything in it. What else are we getting here? Yeah, with the pets area, it's kind of cool because you it's not just improvements within the ride itself. Um, looks like they've done some landscaping outside, too. So while you're waiting in the queue area... You could, um, you know, see all the changes there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely something that we're going to want to check out next time we get into Disney, which who knows when that will be. <laughs> <laughs> also, at Disneyland, um, they are implementing a looser dress code, which I love. Like, welcome to the 21st century, Disney. Yeah. I'm glad you're doing this because I'm someone who could never work at Disney because I have tattoos. But now I can. Yeah, well, I, I yes, I, I think there's still going to be some sort of like. I can. It's not <laughs> as like, I don't know, I, I, it might be not as loose as we're thinking, but it's great. Because I wonder, like, say in, I don't know, Jungle Cruise or like a very highly themed area, would they like accept something else like. If it's in a certain time period, are gonna are they gonna have someone with like different color hair working there? You know, mm, good point. Yeah, but um, I mean, it's so cool. I, I still love it. I think it's cool too because for the new lands that are opening, even with Batu, like we have a lot of eclectic characters in there already. So you know, adding you know all those different types of expressions of people um, definitely makes sense um, in those lands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now you can um, get different outfits that are themed more for, like, gender identities, gender roles. Mm -hmm. um, they're also adding the Soul of Jazz exhibit. They're doing the new adventures with Princess Tiana. So lots of different things coming into the park to make sure that everybody's represented, everybody has a voice. And even if it's not something that comes down to race, that comes down to, like, I want facial hair tattoos, this is something moving in the right direction for an all-inclusive workspace. And I agree. We'll see what it looks like if they are in a themed area. Yeah. But um, honestly, I didn't even know how strict the original rules were. Mm -hmm. Like, when I saw the pictures, of like, oh, like, these people wouldn't be able to work at Disney like that. Like, there's just someone with, like, a very small wrist tattoo and then someone with, like, I think, like, streaks in her hair or something. And it wasn't even, like... It didn't even look unnatural. So I was like, wow, Disney's like, I didn't know that they were that strict. Mm -hmm. So outside of the Disneyland realm, we have, according to that hashtag show online, we have a rumor of a new Disney Plus show coming, which will push the X-Men very heavily into the <laughs> MCU because we may be getting... X-Men's original, not original, original mutant, but like the one that's lived forever, uh, Wolverine may get his own anthology series. 
So a little bit about what they're saying that the show would look like is it would almost be like a American Horror Story show where each like uh, each season is its own era of time. And we would follow Wolverine through the ages and see, you know, what was the world of the MCU like through his eyes and what experience did he go through and maybe even get some answers as to like why the mutants haven't popped up in the MCU yet. Yeah, it, it definitely makes sense for Wolverine to get his own um, show because, I mean, he has his own movies already, So like, and there's a huge fan base, so the fans are there. Um, so yeah, it just makes sense for him to be kind of like the first character. Yeah, and I think this would be a really fun way to bring in, like, for example, in the 40s, there was a team of the Human Torch, Captain America, and Human Torch, not Johnny Storm, a different Human Torch. Don't give me that look. (laughs) (laughs) They can't see us. (laughs) I know. (laughs) There's an original Human Torch, Jim, and then Namir and uh, Captain America teamed up. So it would be interesting since... Wolverine has already crossed paths with lots of these heroes in the comics in his past lives, past centuries. Um, if that's kind of what we got from this show, like, I don't know if we get to see him with Cap because, you know, that happened. That happened. <laughs> but it'd still be really cool to see him with other heroes from the past. Yeah. I have a little update for you. Oh, yeah. Huh? So I've been hard at work on my Code Illusion class, and I thought I'd tell everybody how it's going. So I finished Chapter 1 and Chapter 2. Chapter 2 is where you first get into very much the Kingdom Heartsville, because uh, after I finish, like, four or five of these courses, it lets me go into a book. So I got to go into Tangled, Aladdin, and Utopia. And it was really cute because in, for example, Zootopia, I have to help Chief Bogo set up a website so that we can find the missing animals. In uh, Tangled, all of Rapunzel's lanterns weren't flying in the sky. So I had to use, I'm going to get this word wrong, array, 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 array. Array. I had to use, (laughs) (laughs) I had to make all the lanterns appear in the sky, so I had to do that through coding. My favorite one was Aladdin for game design. I had to code in the controls to make Aladdin move up and down on his magic carpet to avoid rock formations. And I even got to move some of the rock formations through very simple zero one coding. So basically, you recreated a Latin video game. Yeah, I'm the god of Aladdin's world. Oh. And Super Nintendo. Oh, your your (laughs) dream came true. So yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, I'm worried that, you know, when I do enter the professional world, they're going to be like, okay, Sean, can you do this? And I'll be like, yes, I can do that with array magic. (laughs) What are you talking about? So if you haven't or if you're on the fence, I'd still recommend it. I would say the one thing that I'm still not convinced of is I'm not sure how much this is going to set me up to go straight from this program to a job. But I am still in Chapter 2 out of 7, so I'll keep you updated on how that feels. Yeah. So if you're, there's any coding job openings, holler at Sean. Holler at your boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we have a winner of the X-Men team vote. 
The votes are all in. It came down to uh, two that I guess I'm not that surprised about. One of them, maybe. It came down to Polaris or Banshee. Oh. Not surprised about Polaris. She's always been very popular. Surprised about Banshee. He just screams. That's fun. But I guess he's old school X-Men, so I know he has a, his own fan base. But the winner is... Polaris. She will be joining the new X-Men team. Yay, congrats, Polaris. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know this. Uh, I got a report that came across my phone that Ryan Reynolds and Scarlett Johansson, after a tumultuous divorce, they refused to work together. Yeah, so I guess we'll never see... Daredevil. How dare you? Deadpool (laughs) and uh, Black Widow together. Yeah, we'll never see them in the MCU. And, I mean, already we're at a point where, like, Black Widow is dead and Deadpool is from a different universe. Yeah. So chances are, like, there's not going to be too many chances that they'll come together. But I think this does go along with my theory (laughs) that Scarlett Johansson is not done with the Marvel Universe. I think she's coming back either from another dimension Mm -hmm. or she is coming back as a clone. Oh. Because why would they put out this report if she's just not in it anymore? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she... That would suck, too, that they made a whole movie after her, after she died, and then that's it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, I mean, in the future, I think there will be some chances with uh, Deadpool crossing into the MCU. And if we're right about ScarJo not being done with the MCU, that's where this report is coming from. Yeah. So, um, as Sean had maybe alluded to earlier, and I'm sure as you guys all know, tickets went out. Um, on the 15th to everyone uh, for the reopening of Disneyland. And first off, we like to report that we actually are going on reopening day on the 30th of April. Mm-hmm. And we'd like to report we're also <laughs> going on June 19th because we wanted to go to Avengers Campus and yeah. bring you an update on that. Yeah, so um we'll be doing dca on the 19th of june and disneyland on the reopening day so that's fairly exciting how was your experience getting tickets (laughs) (laughs) well my experience was basically null and void because even though i had um jumped in the virtual queue before the 8 a.m like recommendation from like from disney um I didn't have a chance to get the tickets because um, it took me hours and hours to sit and wait to get them. Yeah, so here's some things that we've learned about this ticketing process. Um, It's like Comic-Con, where no matter when you get in line, you're assigned a random number. Because I got into line about 10 minutes after Alan on my phone... And then Anthony went in on his phone, and then we both went on our computer. So our computers in this scenario were the last ones to sign in. And I even signed out and signed back in on my laptop because I was like, whatever. I went in last. I'm not going to get anything. (laughs) Anthony got the ticket offer first, and then my laptop got the offer second. So that tells me there's no order. Yeah. (laughs) Because, yeah, Alan was the very first one in out of all of us, and he didn't get called at all. Yeah, which, like, I, it's so 
Like, come on, Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think that's the thing, too, that makes it um, more competitive because I guess the only chance for you to get tickets is not even, like, to show up early. It's basically volumes of trying to get it because if it wasn't for, you know, Anthony, Sean, like, I probably wouldn't get the tickets because I'd still be waiting right now. And, (laughs) you know, even though I woke up early to, to, you know, sign in, that wasn't enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hate it when they do the, like, random order thing. Because the people who want it most are the ones who are getting in there early. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, for all your loyal um, Legacy Pass holder people, it would have been nice to get some sort of benefit. But that's cool. Yeah. And some other things we learned is... Um, Anthony bought tickets for June 19th and then tried going back in to buy tickets for Alan and I for April 30th. And suddenly he wasn't able to. So like, oh, I guess you can't do that. But if you were following, (laughs) um, the Disney ticketing process went down for about an hour or two. Yeah. So they had to like redo everything and get the tickets back up. And then when I got called, uh, I bought tickets for April 30th. 30th and i was able to go back in and buy an extra ticket for for another day for another day so you can go in and buy multiple days once you've been called you just have to um and when i say got called i I guess i mean like you your number comes up in line yeah. yeah uh all you have to do is uh you finish out for one day and then go back in and then do the other day yeah it's crazy, too, because I, I was reading some of, like, the forums, and some people took the day off just to get tickets. Wow. Yeah, and some of those people couldn't get through because they had to wait for so long. Yeah, I know. I, actually, my boss <laughs> texted <laughs> or messaged me that day. She's like, did you get tickets? <laughs> <laughs> so she was trying to. She got her uh, call after us, but she got in for May 2nd. Nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, fortunately, I will say that it did take some time for the tickets to sell out for like the key dates of like reopening day and opening um, weekend for Avengers Campus. So I don't think there was a huge mad rush of like tickets being sold out. It was just people trying to get in <laughs> was <Yeah>. the issue. <laughs> All right, but luckily we will be talking with you about how the Disney reopening went in two weeks. Yeah, very exciting. Mm hmm. And then jumping over the pond and a few, I guess, is <laughs> Tokyo Disney. Um, they just released a concept model of their new themed port, Fantasy Springs, um, which is their eighth port or land in Tokyo Disney Sea. So I think I mentioned this before, but this is like a new land, kind of like they're going to have their own fantasy land type area um, where they'll have um, theming from Frozen, Tangled, and Peter Pan. Um, this just reminded me when. They released the the model for Batu. It kind of had basically has that exact same feeling, um, but it gives you a really good idea of kind of where everything lands. Um, what's interesting is that Tokyo Disney Sea already has a volcano, which is like your centerpiece. But this land will bring actually a couple more volcanoes into the whole area, which is kind of cool. And then you'll also find Peter Pan or Captain Hook's uh, pirate ship here as well too. And it just looks like there's a lot of open space, which is interesting. So I don't know if that's done intentionally for um, future expansion, but there is like a lot of greenery and just a lot of open space, which is kind of cool. Yay! Yay! 
So here's a story that I absolutely love. And the reason I love it is all those haters out there (laughs) who love to hate on things and just be trolls and be jerks. Like they're make they are in their own weird way making the world a better place. And what I'm referring to is all those haters came for Kelly Marie Tran and Rose Tico from the new Star Wars trilogy. But in so doing, in bullying her and pushing her off of social media, I think they've actually made a bigger fan base for people who really like Rose Tico. Mm-hmm. So to those people who hated on her, you are awful people. But thank you for possibly bringing us a Rose Tico themed movie or TV show on Disney Plus. Yeah, I'm excited for it. She's going to be the first um, Asian led female um, in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, and I think she's just the character to do it because there's something weirdly like optimistic about her in this like horrible world during wartime <laughs> so i think there's definitely a backstory with her and her sister because if you remember she was with her sister in that ship that blew up and she narrowly survived so like i want to know more about her and yeah. her ties how did she get with the rebellion especially with the sibling so i'm all for this and i know it's gonna do great and i know it's gonna shut all those stupid haters up <laughs> <laughs> sorry i hate haters don't hate the hater hate the game. Okay. <laughs> Just a video game, too? <laughs> yeah, also exciting in the Marvel Universe is that they announced that there will be a new black female, Captain America, um, that will be introduced in Captain America number two um, issue. Her name is uh, Nichelle Wright, and she'll pick up the mantle of Captain America and joining the team of teenage LGBTQ plus hero um, Aaron Fisher as the local captain of the United States of America. So I'm excited to hear about her story. But I think that's cool that, you know, Captain America is not the Captain America that we know. Like, Captain America can be any anybody because America is that diverse. Yeah, and one thing that I really liked about the development of her story is it said that she puts on the costume because she's tired of seeing the way her community is and tired of seeing what the world looks like around her, so she's setting out to change it. And that really resonates with me because I am one of those people who sometimes like feels a little bit hopeless with things going on, especially through 2020, especially like mid-2020 with... Uh, you know, Black Lives Matter with the president, with a lot of things are happening all at once. And all at the same time, we were going through COVID. So one way that I found that works for me to cope is I have to feel like I'm doing something. Like I started to um, uh, donate money to a black charity. I started working on my own art to reflect the way I want the world to be. So I just really like that message of her. So I'm really excited to see more of her story. Yeah. And we have rumors, of course, most of these are rumors, but we have rumors that we may be getting two new teams coming to the MCU. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it looks like there's going to be two new teams. Um, It's going to be the Dark Avengers and another team called Thunderbolts. Yes, so these are very exciting to me. Actually, one of my favorite, I guess the... uh, 
the whole story kind of got out of control, but it was called Dark Rain, where uh, Norman Osborn becomes like this power figure over New York. I think he was the mayor. And he puts together the, they're called the Dark Avengers to us, but in the world they're the Avengers. And basically it's like a lookalike group. So Dakin, who's Wolverine's son, puts on an old Wolverine outfit and everybody's like, oh, it's Wolverine. (laughs) And then we have um, somebody else who put on a Captain Marvel outfit. Her name is Songbird. We had, uh, they eventually made like a robotic Thor called Ragnarok. Oh. Yeah, that showed up later. So it's basically this lookalike group who's made to look like heroes. Oh, Bullseye dressed up as Hawkeye. So everybody's <laughs> like, oh, cool. So I really like that the story thread. I think it's going to be something exciting to bring and makes me wonder, like, are we getting Norman soon? Because mm. he let it. Well, it's the only time will tell. And Thunderbolts is straight up Suicide Squad. It's a group <laughs> of reformed or begrudgingly reformed uh villains making up a team to go out and do good within the world because if they don't they'll get blowed up oh (laughs) oh yeah exactly yeah suicide squad Mm -hmm. (laughs) well really excited for those yeah i think these will be a nice addition to the mcu family rounding out the crazy zany groups that they're introducing us to speaking of We have some news for you for uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. So just this weekend, actually, I think we were at brunch when I saw this. Alfred Molina, who played Dr. Octopus in Spider-Man 2 17 years ago, (laughs) he interviewed with Variety and he detailed his return to the Spider-Man movies. He's going to be in No Way Home. But... He's aged so much since then. Well, not only that, but he died. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Dr. Octopus went down with his creation into the unforgiving depths of the New York <laughs> River. So apparently we're going to see how he survives. Like, it's going to start with him surviving, not drowning. And uh, he was like, well, I've gained weight since then. I have a double chin. Like, I am not the young Dr. Octopus <laughs> I was. So what they're going to do with that is they're actually going to de-age him to make him look like that spry young Dr. Octopus we all remember. Well, so he'll be alongside uh, Jamie Foxx as Electro from Amazing Spider-Man 2. Amazing. Yeah. So we are getting like a crazy amount of people in this movie. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for this movie. Yeah, I think if this wasn't in the hands of Marvel, I may be a little scared that it's going to be too big. But I trust them to take me on an amazing ride that makes sense with all these crazy characters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. That brings us to what we teased last week and part of the reason why we're here in Vegas. To drink and gamble. We talk about that on our other shows. No, <laughs> this is Avengers Station, which is kind of a little interactive museum that has been set up in Vegas. Yeah, so it's located at the Treasure Island, or TI for all the hip people out there. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's basically... So for us, Treasure Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's basically like a almost like a museum of all like the props from the Marvel movies out there. So you'll see... Uh, like Hawkeye's costume, 
also, as well as other costumes from like Black Widow, uh, Nick Fury, Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Witch. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. They but, had Thor's outfit from Ragnarok. Yeah, and even Captain America's uh, motorcycle. If you want to sit where Chris Evans sat. and um they even have a lot of cool like interactive things too there is one where like you would tap to like kill the bad guys but there were also like the vendors popping up too so you can't kill them um so like a lot of like those ipad type games were in there um they even had all the costumes from um iron man all the different mocks or marks mark one through i don't know whatever number it goes up to. And if you're with Alan, he kept asking, which mark is that? <laughs> What's that mark's name? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and then, yeah, at the finale, you um, basically all assemble, I guess, in a small group. And they give you, like, a little, um, I like, an iPhone device. And you basically either tap or swipe to defeat all the, I think it was, like, the Ultrons, Ultrons, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, that was the conclusion of the whole attraction. So, yeah, it was definitely fun. I'm glad we did it. I would say if you are interested, um, it only takes about 30 minutes. Yeah. So it's not a long (laughs) experience and definitely have other stuff to do throughout your day. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not like an all day thing. I mean, they do have like a gift shop in there, too. Um, And oh, I also suggest if you do go. Um, some check out the website cause sometimes they do have discounts or Groupon as well too. Um, so yeah, I don't pay full price for it cause there's ways <laughs> to get discounts for it. But yeah, overall it was, um, definitely recommended, um, enjoyed it and it was very family friendly. So if you have any kids with you, um, you'll find a lot of kids in the attraction as well too. And they, they, did a good job in sanitizing things or having like hand sanitizer readily available in the attraction too. So if you're concerned about that, um, they got you covered. Yeah. All right. So last week's, uh, cover Disney actually sparked (laughs) a new, uh, treasure that we found. So we thought we'd talk about it. So today we are going to tell you about the movie. It's called The Sweat Box. Mm-hmm. It's the movie that Disney doesn't want you to see. Steam box, you mean, right? What did I say? Sweat box. <laughs> Steam box. Steam yeah. box. Yeah. So apparently uh, during the making of it was called Kingdom of the Sun, Sting's wife started just making a fun little documentary, not knowing the way the movie was going to go. So the uh, the director at the time said, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, make this movie. So she did. But I guess it's kind of just been on the back burner ever since about 2002. So Disney owns it, but they haven't released it anywhere. I'm guessing maybe because... It doesn't make Disney look great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I was Disney, I wouldn't show this video either. Yeah. So it talks about kind of what we got into a little bit last week with the Yzma song and more of the original idea for Kingdom of the Sun. So it still had uh, David Spade attached. He was going to play Manko, who is a greedy, you know, not caring, basically Cusco. He was still yeah. going to be Cusco, just Manko. <laughs> and he was going to go out into the world to explore, and he was going to meet Pacha, who was at the time 
voiced by Owen Wilson. But the biggest difference is Pacha and Manco looked exactly alike. Yeah. So the story was going to go that they were going to switch places so that, you know, Manco could see what it's like to live as a commoner and uh, Pacha could live as the ruler. But then Yzma turns Manco into the llama in order to make it so that she could kind of like control the kingdom through Pacha. Yeah. So even just talking about it, it is a little uh, confusing to get through. Yeah, it's basically the parent trap in Peru. That was Peru, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what happened is for basically <laughs> for two years, Sting and the, the animators, the designers, everybody put their heart and soul into this. And then I guess what they do is they go into the steam box in Burbank, which is like a wooden movie theater with no air conditioning is where it got (laughs) its nickname. Uh, They went in there to watch it and all the Disney execs hated it. (laughs) They said it, it doesn't have like that feeling to it. Like it just is a little confusing. There's a lot going on. So they basically like, love it, love the concept, scrap everything. (laughs) (laughs) Which is interesting because, like, if they were looking for something with, like, feeling or with heart or, like, I guess more, um, I don't know what the right word is, but, like, I don't know. It's it's interesting because it seems like the, the finished product was more, like, kind of like a goofy type movie. I mean, not a goofy the character, but just, like, more, like, goofy kind of, like, slapstick duo type things. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely came out much further than how it started. Yeah. <laughs> I think they were just feeling the pressure because this came yeah. out around the time that Disney was starting to go into its slump. Yeah, because this was right after Pocahontas and Hunchback, which apparently didn't do well in theaters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this was kind of like the decline of the Disney renaissance. Yeah, so Disney came back together and they they made a huge change. They renamed it Kingdom in the Sun instead of of the sun. Oh, wow, that makes a huge difference. (laughs) And they basically started reworking um, a lot of the concept. And I guess the impression that I got, it wasn't said completely forthright, but it seemed like they weren't, Disney wasn't happy with Sting's songs for the movie. I think they felt that his songs were a little too, like, what's the word, like highbrow? Yeah. (laughs) Like too smart for the movie? Yeah. Conceptual, I guess, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, which makes... Because, yeah, this is a kid's movie as well, too. So you kind of want to not dumb it down, but make sure, like, everyone gets it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's when we see um, they fire the director. They kind of put some distance between themselves and Sting. And they reworked pretty much the same concept and story, just making Pacha, you know, what he turned into a big hulking sweetheart. Yeah. (laughs) And just taking out the whole kind of switching places aspect, which from the way the movie came out, I feel like that may not have been needed. They may have been right, but it's hard to tell. Like, I can't say which one's better or worse because we've ever seen Kingdom of the Sun or in the Sun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I wish... Like, I wish I could say I would, like, I wish they had, you know, moved forward with the original or not. But it's hard to tell because we haven't seen anything about it. They they kind of were very hush-hush about this whole original concept. So, yeah. But, I mean, my theory as well, too, is I wonder if they tried to kind of switch things up last minute, too. Because at the same time, um, 
the road to El Dorado came out too, which is to me, it kind of felt like a similar concept and it was also a musical. Um, so maybe they tried to just try a little hard to kind of make it different and differentiate themselves from that movie. Yeah. And I personally love the impersonal groove. I think it's one of Disney's like funniest movies. And I know it feels different from other Disney movies, but I wish that they would continue to make movies in that vein every once in a while, like just to keep it fresh. Mm-hmm. Fresh. Isma. Fresh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is going to take us into our cover Disney for this week. And then after we listen, we'll get into our Falcon and Winter Soldier review. Yeah. On today's cover Disney, I wanted to introduce everybody to an artist that I was turned on to a few years ago. Um, he's actually really fun. He started with a name I can't say on this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but it started with an F and it's how you describe a gay person if you don't like them. And then it ended with Tron. And <laughs> so he was uh, making music where he takes lines from movies and he kind of reworks it into music and eventually he started doing a lot of Disney and Disney said, you can't do that. Those are our movies. But if you want to keep doing it, you can call yourself something appropriate <laughs> <laughs> and we'll pay you to make these, you know, musical mashups of our minds for movies and music. So now he goes by Pogo. One of my favorite ones is a song called Buzzwing, which I'm going to play for you. So this is lines from Toy Story that he's mashed up. Mm, here you go. You got a friend with me. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Alan's making a face at me. <laughs> dum, 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 dum. <laughs> I like it. I think it's cute. No, it is cute. Um, Although one time I was playing it when I was a trainer, I was playing it while they were taking a test, and one guy looked up at me and said, the song actually makes me feel like I'm getting dumber. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why you like it. Yeah, I don't want to feel smart. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> So, again, that's Pogo. If you want to check him out, you can find a lot of his music on, like, Spotify and stuff. But outside of that realm, if you want to find some of the more Disney stuff, you may just want to check him out on YouTube. Because a lot of it was not released, but you can find videos for it. Mm-hmm. All right. That takes us into our Captain and Winter Soldier section. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> So we had a, uh, what's the word? A cameo. Yeah. We have a new character that just suddenly popped in. Yeah, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Well, she's played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus, but her character is Valentine, right? So, yeah. So she plays Contessa Valentina. Allegra de Fontaine. De Fontaine. (laughs) Which I know uh, she's a character from the comics. I actually have to be honest. I'm not super familiar with her other than 
I've seen her here and there, and she's also in the Avengers game. Oh. She's working with somebody in a nefarious <laughs> way. She's working with Modoc. Oh. So, yeah, I was excited to see her show up, and I'm excited we get another villain in these. Yeah. But, and it's a big but, I didn't like her performance. <laughs> <laughs> well, so another thing kind of wanted to call out with her character is I guess she was actually meant to premiere um, in the Black Widow movie. Um, so I think there was probably going to be a bit more of a backstory from her um, in that movie. But because of COVID and uh, production schedule changes, this was her premiere. So I guess they kind of um, showed her, given with the kind of thought that they were already going to have her be premiered in uh, The Black Widow. So I think that's why her intro was also kind of very abrupt. Like, it was just, she was there, she talked in, and that was it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how her story um, and how it's, how it's told in The Black Widow. But, but, yeah, it was very kind of like, okay, random lady shows up and just kind of feels a fire for um, John Walker was kind of how I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, where we may be going with her is she does become Madam Hydra. So we may be seeing more of a tie to Hydra in the MCU stance. So that would be exciting. Yeah. I think it's fun that we got to see her and that we may be getting more. But yeah, it did feel very random. Yeah. So it makes sense that our first taste was supposed to be Black Widow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So what did you think of this episode? It was okay. <laughs> I think just coming from the previous episode, which was very, like, fast-paced, action-packed, like, this one, the tone was definitely a lot more slower. Um, we go back to um, Sam's hometown where he's trying to get his sister to sell his parents' boat. So they're all, like, remodeling it. And then this is also the first time where um, the Winter Soldier um, shows up and meets Sam's sister. Oh. So there's a little hint of a bit of a possible romance between the two, which is kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really appreciated the conversation between Sam and the older man. I don't remember his name. Oh, yeah. But the one who has the Super Soldier Serum. Just because... I like that Marvel is taking us on this more serious road where they're showing, like, if you've been through very hard times where you feel like you're not um, valued by society, it's easy just to kind of give up and make a whole group of people the villain. So I got a lot from that conversation and seeing the way that, you know, the older man's basically like, don't get involved. They don't care about you. And seeing the flip side of seeing Sam, like, no, I want to affect change. So I think that was very inspiring for me. And I hope that's inspiring for a lot of other people. Because just like our Captain America, Nichelle, if we want to see the change, we need to do something about it. And it's easy to, like, I guess for part of my struggle was going through what we did in 2020, I had to remind myself, Republicans are not a hive mind. <laughs> like, there are different types of Republicans. So I went on a, my own journey to make sure that I understood that and remembered that, like, it's not good versus evil. Everything has shades to it. So I'm just glad that Sam's not demonizing a whole group of people for what he's been through. And he's taking up 
the shield to make a difference for what he's been through. Yeah, because throughout the whole episode, it was like, will he, will he not? I mean, we all know if you've read the comics, <laughs> but it was very like, will he, will he not? Um, but yeah, like towards the end of the episode, you see him train with a shield, which is cool, which was a little confusing because <laughs> there was a scene right before that where he was with the Winter Soldier and they were just like throwing around the shield as if it was like a Frisbee and, you know, a father-son playing catch. And then all of a sudden, he just doesn't know how to use a shield and he like hits his head and misses all the time. So that was confusing, but it was also cool to see like him training. Yeah. They should have maybe like reversed. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Bucky also brings Falcon a box and he says it's from a condo. What do you think's in the box? Uh, black Panther's helmet. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I mean, it's obviously some sort of costume. Um, maybe it's his wings. Cause also during the episode, um, John Walker had basically like split his, his wings in half so he couldn't use them. Um, so I think they kind of did a little, some of their Wakanda tricks in there and do, did a like Falcon 2.0 costume. Yeah, I think it is going to be his Falcon Captain America costume uh, because he does wear his own version of the Cap costume with red wings. So I think it's the costume and the wings combined from Wakanda. And I think it's their way of saying, like, we accept you as a hero, accept yourself as a hero. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I wish they showed it, but, like, right when he opened the box, they cut off to the end. So, (sighs) yeah. Guess we'll have to wait for the next episode for that. You're sounding even more like a frog. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, next week we get the sixth and final episode. And then we're going to start in on Loki. Yeah. Oh, and make sure that you do watch. There is a post credit scene, right? Yes, there is. Yeah, there was, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you missed it, there is the post credit scene that shows a little bit more from John Walker. Um, I was hoping we were going to see the outfit. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was banking my money on. I actually called it. I was like, there's going to be a post credit scene and it's going to be him in the outfit, but it wasn't. It was John Walker. But yes, if you missed that, go back in and watch it. If you haven't watched the episode yet, why did you listen to us talk about it <laughs> and watch the after credit scene? Yes. All right. So that's everything I have for this weekend. Yeah. Same for me, too. Yay! Yay! Then we are going to pack up here soon and head back to Cali, and we will see you next week. Yay! Yay! Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs)